Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word declares that just as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and does not return there, so is the word that proceeds out of your mouth. It will not return to you void until it hits the earth that will yield herbs, that will give seed to the sower and bread to the heater. This day, Father, let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding to the simple. I pray that everyone hearing will become a doer. Amen. And that this world will not stand against anyone in the day of judgment. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for the truth that sets free. Receive all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name and the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in his presence. Please turn your Bible with me. To three specially selected portions of scripture considered very appropriate for today's message. Three specially selected portions of scripture. Proverbs chapter 11, 24 to 31. I repeat, Proverbs 11, 24 to 31. And then we proceed to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. I'll read verse 1 to 8, and then proceed to verse 26 to 40. I repeat, Acts 8, 1 to 8, then Acts 8, 26 to 40, and I'll round up with Romans 15, 1 to 7, to remind those who do not have a sense of history, that that's why many become history or repeat the blunders of history. Proverbs 11, 24 to 31, Acts 8, 1 to 8, and then Acts 8, 26 to 40, and Romans chapter 15, verse number 1 to 7. Let's begin our reading from Proverbs 11, 24 to 31. It reads, and I quote, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. 
He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of hurt. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins soul is wise. If the righteous will recompense on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. Acts of the Apostle chapter 8, I will go back to Proverbs eleven twenty four in a moment. Acts of the Apostle chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. Now Saul was consenting to his death, that's Stephen's death. At that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. You remember at this time the church was more than 5,000 people, they all scattered. Only apostles remained in Jerusalem. If that happens to your church, what would you say? Satan's work? Not at all. Let's read. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house. Remember, church in the house has begun. Entering every house. And dragging of men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered <laughs> went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Tell your neighbor, God knows your own appointment and assignment. When he sent the twelve out in Matthew chapter 10, he said, do not go in the way of the Gentiles, nor go to the cities of the Samaritans, but go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because it was not the assignment. The assignment for Samaria was for him to start with, to go there to meet the woman there, to plant the seed of revival, waiting for Philip the evangelist who was serving tables to bring in the harvest. Let's keep reading. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. That's why I'm sometimes troubled. When men are casting out devils and it's their voice we are hearing. Come out! I don't know who is demon possessed. I said, come out! It wasn't Philip yelling. He just kept on preaching the word. And carried grace and anointing to the premises. And the devils began to yell. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was a great joy, great joy in that city. Say, there was great joy, there was great 
In that city. I can't hear you. Oh, Philip went to that city to do empowerment. To give money to traders. He went to that city to distribute rice. And turkey. And use clothes. And use shoes. It's called social action Jesus time. But they will eat the rice, they will still die. But when you deliver them from the hands of demons, and you set them free in God, not only with joy spread in the city, they will also learn to draw with joy from the well of salvation. A city church must spread joy. 26 to 40. Acts 8, 26 to 40. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road in the heat of revival. Do, do you know what it means for multitudes to respond to you, for joy to be in the city, for everyone to know that the anointed one had come and that the sorcerer had been deposed, who was likened to a great power of God before, and suddenly someone without any advertisement entered the city, dethroned him without challenging him, his power completely flustered. Do you understand me? And God said, Philip, time up. In the midst of, this is why evangelists die. They don't know when to stop. They just don't know when to stop. And when they see multitude, they scream, Somebody, somebody praise! It's as if noise activates the anointing of evangelists. So the more crowd they see, the greater their joy. And if they keep on trooping, they will change seven days crusade to 14 days crusade. In the heat of that great revival, God said to Philip, you are living here. And he never returned there. Let's read. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. <laughs> Whether on the ground, on the road, in the air, Philip's transport is special. Because how do you ask a man? In the heat of a crusade that you've just called to overtake a chariot. But from Isaiah, I mean Elijah, you know, it doesn't matter how far others have gone ahead of you. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, you will outrun their chariots to the gates of Jezreel. Can I hear amen? That's why I'm in competition with no man. I rejoice with them that their time had come. And when my time comes, I hope you rejoice with me too. Arahed the day, 
eba mi jo emi omi eba mi yo oluwa mi lo gbe mi ninu ewu gbogbo o pa mi mo ninu ewu gbogbo o mu mi ye ki lo tun ye mi bi ko se ope ope ni temi lojo gbogbo clap your hands for anglican like a communion members that's the song we learn in anglican church and methodist church <laughs> i know where you came from uh, praise the lord let's read so philip ran to him and had him reading the prophet isaiah and said do you understand what you are reading this is the problem of the church today biblical illiterates I like the way it is put in the King James Version. Understand thou what thou readest. <laughs> it's juicy. Understand thou what thou readest. Ask your neighbor, understand thou what thou readest. Because you can do devotion every day without understanding. You are just reading. You can do it at night. You can do it in the middle of the night. If your understanding is not fruitful, it is an exercise in futility. Double job party for the Ethiopian eunuch. Is it okay to pass some little commentary here? He had come all the way from Ethiopia. This was the treasury keeper of the queen of Ethiopia. He had taken permission to come to Israel to worship. He came reading, perhaps. He was returning reading, perhaps, without any understanding. Why? The outer court left for the Gentiles to stay, to catch a glimpse of the God of glory, had been taken over by the table of money changers. Buying and selling, like you do in churches. Many of you come on Sunday for networking. You don't come to listen to the word. What you want to sell is at the back of your car. As soon as the service, my service is in Pajo, it's too long. It's too, then they still see them there. Five yards, Lily. Two yards, Lily. Lily, your original chain in it. Outside there. So everything they had, they have forgotten before they will leave. Abimokuro. Shall I point out people? I do my management working by walking around and I see you when you are doing your tree by butter. <laughs> One day I'll bring a whip <laughs> and scatter your goods like it did. You can sue me thereafter, I will quote the Bible. <laughs> And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who would declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, 
Of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Can you imagine? This was long after the day of Pentecost. The Ethiopian, you know, came, never heard about Jesus. And you just need to look into our churches today if they are still talking about Jesus or about the senior prophet, or about the senior apostle, about our daddy, our father in the Lord, our general overseer, our general superintendent, our serving overseer. Whose words are now getting stronger than the Bible? Daddy said, mommy said, pastor said, has characterized the church that people don't see Jesus. No wonder Isaiah said in, in Isaiah 53, he said, if you see him, you cannot recognize him. He has been badly damaged that nobody recognizes the true Jesus anymore. Let's read. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. That was all that Philip preached. If you read it from the beginning, he said, the kingdom of God and then he said he preached Jesus Christ because Jesus is the king of the kingdom now as they went down the road they came to some water and he said before I leave you do you want to be baptized do you really want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior all the all the, all the stage managing that we do all eyes closed all heads bowed if they close their eyes while they are receiving Jesus, why would they open it and talk about him when they open their eyes? <laughs> now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water in the desert. Provided by God Almighty to meet a need. What hinders me from being baptized? Now... Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I have eight tapes in the archives. You can order for it. I answered eight times, eight ways, eight truths that point to the irresistible fact that Jesus is the Son of God. It's what we teach at the ATS prelim. Those who are just coming, who has not been part of the Lateran Assembly. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Because if you don't believe that, you're not part of the church. And it's when you get in that they lead you to the second truth, that Jesus is God. That's stronger than just believing that he's the Son of God. Because anybody who hears you say Jesus is God will consider it blasphemy and stone you to death. But that's the ultimate why. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water. And he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water. The spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. They did not exchange complimentary cards. Though he was in charge of the treasury of the queen of Ethiopia. Philip did not receive baptismal service offering. 
Hello. How can you be in the same chariot with the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia and not make some money? But where did, where did he go? But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. <laughs> he came to Caesarea. I don't know whether the city was named after him. I wouldn't think so because there was Caesarea Philippi in the days of Jesus Christ. But he came to Caesarea, preaching in every city. No crusade team, <laughs> no new dawn choir, no mass choir. The guy enters a city and took over the city because he himself is a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Do you understand this? For clarity's sake, I would like to further explain Proverbs 11.24 to you. Proverbs 11.24, the first scripture read today. I will take that one verse and by God's grace deepen your understanding of it because I followed this scripture to the letters, especially in the way I spend the resources given to me by God. Remember, a steward has no sense of ownership. And like I've told you, if the source of your wealth is not God, you cannot spend it to advance his plan and purpose on the face of the earth. You must honor your source. So when you see people who spend their substance on futilities and frustrations, frivolities of life, you know the source of their wealth. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Ready? Read with me. There is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Give it to me in the New Living Translation of the Bible. New Living Translation. Thank you very much. New Living Translation. Ready? Read, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. Can we have it in the NIV, New International Version, NIV translation of the Bible? Ready, read, one person gives freely, yet gains even more, another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. We'll compare notes after the citadel. Wait and see. You understand me? We will compare notes. You know, Simeon carried Jesus in his hand and he said, This child is for the rise and fall of many in Israel. So is the citadel. It's for the rise and fall of many. We'll compare notes. We'll compare notes. Let's read from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Amplified Version, thank you. Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is the one who generously scatters where? It's critical because I'm going to explain this to you later. Do you understand me? Who 
generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more. And there is the one who withholds what is justly due, even tight. What is justly due, but it results only in want and poverty. Give it to me in the message. Just in case you are now sight and sound generation, I want to give you the one you can relate to. Contemporaneous interpretation. TM, the message. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So will be your influence in life. <laughs> the time comes when you have built a house and you have bought so many things, and your influence will wane like that of Lot. You will talk to your in laws, they will call you uh, Joker. Your influence will wane. Your world gets smaller and smaller. Or it will get larger and larger. That when they mention your name, doors open. We'll compare notes. What does it mean to scatter and yet increase? Psalm 112. That's why I say you should notice the word who spreads abroad. Psalm 112 beginning from verse 1. Psalm 112, beginning from verse number 1. Praise the Lord. You are not in church or you are sleeping. Praise the Lord. I can't hear you respond. I'm not saying praise your pastor. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. Say to your neighbor, non-negotiable. <laughs> it does not matter what the enemy is doing with your family. Just focus on God, fear him, keep his commandment. Your descendants will be mighty on the earth. Can I hear amen? amen? The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Why will wealth and riches be in his house, you will find out. Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness, is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. Underline it. I'll come back to it before I finish. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. I read something in my Bible. Maybe I'll leave that for another day. He said, a woman without discretion is like putting jewelry on the nose of a pig. So he's a man too. Who lacks discretion? You're prayed like a pig. And those who carry any jewel before you, you will trample upon them. As I cast not your pearls before a swine. It does not have any value for it. And when you cast your pearl down, because his foot is flat, when he steps on it, bam, he will glide. And he will think you had come to kill him. He will jump at you and tear you into pieces, if he can. Let's read. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid 
until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Ready? Read. He has dispersed abroad. That's what you read in the Amplified Version. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn, look in the column of your Bible, that's his strength. What makes him a strong man? His strength, his horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will sit and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Give me verses 5, 7, and 9 of Psalm 112. Verses 5, 7, and 9. Verse 5 says, A good man deals graciously and lends. I'm coming to what that means because that's how you become God's banker. That's how you become God's banker. That's how you become a pillar of wealth in his kingdom. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Now that discretionary power simply means you don't just throw money at everybody. You are guided by the Holy Spirit when you give. You are guided by the Holy Spirit when you lend. Or else you'll be bankrupt. Verse 7. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. It doesn't matter the economic situation. Melt down, melt up, if that is possible. Whatever is melting does not affect him. He's unshakable, he's immovable. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. Why? He trusts in the Lord. And verse number 9. He has dispersed abroad. What does he mean to disperse? That's foreign missions. Foreign missions. Foreign, he has dispersed abroad. He wants to extend the frontiers of the kingdom of God. He's thinking of where his name has not been heard and where the gospel has not been preached. And he's sending forth people, he's sending resources, and he's partnering with others. To scatter includes this person abroad. And it also includes giving to the poor. He has his powers abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. See Isaiah 32, verse 17 to 20. Isaiah 32, 17 to 20. The work of righteousness will be peace. So if you are a righteous man, we will see peace all around you. The, righteous, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness quietness and assurance forever and what does that create? my people will dwell where? in peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low in humiliation it doesn't matter bless are you who sow beside all waters, who send freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. The ox and the donkey represent apostolic and prophetic ministries. Has God written this because of oxen? He has written it because of us, that those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. You must not muscle the mouth of the ox that tread the cloth. It's apostolic ministry. The donkey is prophetic ministry. You are sending them out, sending them forth. He said, Blessed day! You saw by the side of all waters, ensuring 
That's what one of the things we did at the Lateran Assembly at the beginning is so intuition. And you think we don't do it anymore? It's just not announced publicly, it's still carried on. People of God, how many of you are rich enough, wealthy enough, and strong enough to be God's bankers? That is to say, look at me. Are you rich enough to lend God money? I can't hear you. Are you rich enough to lend God money? But God wants to raise his bankers from among you. And he specifies how you can become his banker. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17. Proverbs 19, 17. You can become God's banker today. See, the problem with the church is we have taught prosperity without purpose. And each time prosperity is taught, it benefits the preacher and it dries up the, the givers. Proverbs 19, 17. He who has pity on the poor does what? Is this just written this morning? You don't know you have been lending God money. And guess what? He will pay back what he has given. There is no bank on planet earth who can match God's interest payment. That's why I stand before you and declare something will be done within this period and it is done. It's not magic. He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Especially when you do it without form fair. When nobody knows what you have done and you are not telling a minimal What did you bring here? What are you taking out of here? Can I see your hand if you want to become God's bankers? You can start today. Because there will always, all throughout your lifetime, there will be people higher than you are and there will be people lower than you are. And how you treat with those under you will determine whether you join those who are above you. Now let's compare scripture with scripture. To understand Proverbs 11.24, I will take one portion in Proverbs and go to another portion in the book of 2 Corinthians. And you see that you can consider yourself poor, yet you are making many rich. Proverbs 13.7. Proverbs chapter 13, verse number 7. There is one who makes himself rich. Accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. Get all you can and sit on the can. There is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing. And there is one who makes himself poor yet has great riches. Does this make sense? Does it make sense? That's what it means uh, to scatter. Is he who scatters and says, why, why, why are you like this? Remember the play. What's the name of the woman with the expired panadol? Huh? Kuforola kept expired panadol for two years inside the nylon bag that he puts in a brown envelope inside a sack that's under the bed or at the bottom of the wardrobe. They brought it and said, it has expired. Bought a garment two years ago that does not fit anybody. The housemaid one. I know, do you know how much I bought it in London? Close your hand like this. Stretch it out to receive. What will you receive? Nothing. 
Second Corinthians chapter 6. I've been explaining just one verse of scripture all morning. This is the first segment. I want you to see that the way you lay your bed is the way you are going to lie on it. You are the architect of fortune of your misfortune. Yes, sir. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 to verse number 10. We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have had you, and the day of salvation I have Behold! I can't hear you. <laughs> Behold! Now is when the accepted time. Congratulations in our church. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What must be our mindset in this season? How do we cultivate ourselves? How do we carry ourselves? How do we interrelate? Now is the acceptable time. Let's read. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blasphemed. God, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in strife, in imprisonment, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand. And won't you look like this person is cursed? And yet he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to bear all things. When insults are hauled at you, when people in confidential whispers tear you into pieces, and you can do nothing about it. Just hold your peace. Hold your peace. The judge is at the door. Let's read. By honor and dishonor. By evil report and good report. As deceivers and yet true. As unknown yet were known. As dying and behold we live. As chastened yet not killed. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing. That's what it means to scatter. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You have no care about this world. You cast all your anxieties upon him. You trust him that what he has begun in your life, he will bring to a perfect finish. Because he has no abandoned project. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending. And he knows all the way in between. I have no fears concerning tomorrow. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. (laughs) Because he lives. All fear is gone. Because I know. He holds my future. My life is a living just because he lives. Are you blessed by this exposition? Just one verse of scripture. Hallelujah. Don't pour. 
yet very rich. Having nothing, but possessing all things. I'll give you practical demonstration this morning at a later stage. I have another quick explanation to make regarding institution building. Say that with me. Institution building. I can hear you. Last Sunday, we began looking at our goals and strategies 2019 and beyond. We established the fact that our interest after 30 years of labor in God's vineyard is to build an enduring institution rather than playing church or just having church activities and ad hoc routines, rituals, and programs that even the devil can predict 30 miles away. What do we mean by institution building? It has much to do with what goes on in the building. (laughs) Then, the physical structure that houses the organization. Institution building has much more to do with what goes on inside an organization than the physical structure that you may one day call the citadel that houses the organization. The word institution simply means establishment. That's all. The Bible says you'll be established in righteousness and you'll be far from oppression. And when Paul was writing to the Romans, a church whose faith was known throughout all the world, Give me Romans chapter 1 verse number 8. Listen to this. It was declaring truth to them that you must understand this morning. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. What does that mean? Roman church, your faith has become a global phenomenon. Let's read further. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers making requests if by some means now at last somebody say now, now. at last now. I can't hear you now. Now. see everywhere I see now it jumps at me it's not my fault Because we are in the season of now. It's not in the season of new wine. It's not in the season of old wine. It's the season of the good now wine. Now you have preserved the good wine to the end. Let people be criticizing themselves about old wine. In old wineskin or new wine. In new wineskin. We have gone beyond new and old wine. We have gone to a wine that was, was... it's not extracted from any vine. It didn't come from any tree. It didn't go through process of fermentation. It was water of the world that was put in the pot. And by miracle, it turned it into a now wine. No fermentation, no tree. Somebody shout now. 
making requests if by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. Why? Ready? Read. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift that you may be established. When this ministry began in 1989, one of the first offices created is the office of the pastor of finance and establishment. 1989. The people around don't understand why you do the things you do. They just think it's a mere nomenclature. The word institution simply means establishment. And from Webster Dictionary, it means establishment, that which is appointed, prescribed, or founded by authority and intended to be permanent. Institution, it means establishment, that which is appointed, prescribed, or founded by authority and intended to be permanent. We apply the word institution to laws, rites, and ceremonies which are enjoined by authority as permanent rules of conduct of government. I'm reading from dictionary. That's not thus said the Lord. When you hear the word institution, that's what it means. <laughs> we apply the word institution to laws, rites, and ceremonies which are enjoined by authority as permanent rules of conduct or of government. Institution is also defined as a system, plan, or society. System, plan, or society established either by law or by the authority of individuals for promoting any object, public or social. This is why a college or an academy is called a, a literary institution. You have other institutions like commercial institutions, insurance banks. They are commercial institutions. And you have political and governmental institutions. For example, the civil service is often referred to as the institutional memory of any government. Institutional memory of any government. That's why government can go and come because government is a continuum. The civil service will keep the record of the achievements and accomplishments of the past government, their budgets and how they spent it and what they did and what needs to be done, what needs to be completed. So the civil service remains the institutional memory of any government. That's why you cannot appoint a novice to the office of minister of establishment. You can't. You must be someone who thoroughly understands what's going on, how it went on, what happened, where it happened, so that he can stand and talk about the things that were done and how they were done. Are you following me? <laughs> now let's take that and apply it to church. Do you recall when President Barack Obama was President of America that he didn't come to Nigeria at all? Yes. 
He went to Kenya, he went to Ghana, he went to other places, he went to South Africa. But he stood in Ghana, pointing to African leaders, Nigeria inclusive, that what you need is to build strong institutions, not to raise strong men. Strong institutions. <laughs> I'll give you a practical example. Then I will apply this principle to church when we say we are building an institution. That's why this year I didn't come. Uh, the things we are going to do this year, we are going to win a thousand souls. And this is how we are going to win a thousand souls. And then sometimes we win the thousand souls and we get more. But there are few people that are in the church and others are scattered everywhere. No, we are going to the citadel. Yesterday ended last night. Yes, sir. It's no longer business as usual. Yes, sir. I'll give you a practical example of the import of strong institutions as against having strong men. In 1994, my family settled in the United Kingdom. And on a bright day, a Monday morning, I went to the British post office to obtain British passport forms for my family, for my wife and my five children. I'm too proud in Nigerian to carry any passport at that point in time. I just said, no, Nigerian passport is enough for me. But because my wife was born in Britain, I thought it would give opportunity to my wife and children. So we first apply for the long uh, certificate of birth because we brought a short certificate of birth with us. After we obtained that, we picked the forms at the post office, bought the required postal order that will, that's payment for each passport, attached a certificate of wedding certificate, the birth certificates of my wife and that of my children, and every other document. And that Monday morning, we posted to British passport office. By Friday, all the supporting documents had been returned, all their Nigerian passports, the marriage certificate, the birth certificates, they were all returned. By the following week, I think Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, all the British passports have arrived. I did not place one phone call to an individual. I did not go to the place myself. We sat in our home, posted it, and it came back to us just like that. Compared to last week, Thursday, my passport will expire in three months' time. And I decided to go and obtain a new passport. Then found out that Toulouse passport has already expired in March. And said, oh, can I, can I, can I latch you? I said, not to worry. I will call representatives in Abuja, one of the engineers that are known there, to help me with the process. There's a new passport. Ten year valid and 64 pages. So that I don't have to return every five, five years. I called the man and he said, send the data page of your expanding and expired passport. 
I sent it to him, and then they responded. He responded to me. You need your pin names names number. I don't know that Pastor Names now has number. <laughs> we have done the names registration here, but they could not find my own sleep. So when we got there, Pastor Shola, who knows another person. In the customs and immigration, one of the members of our church, one of our, his daughters in the faith, had that one positioned waiting for us around the gate. The engineer I'd spoken to was in the premises also, but was in a place called the glass house. I got to the reception. The officer at the reception recognized me, said, where come, sir? Please come and sit here while you're waiting for him. And then I waited about five, ten minutes. The man began was agitated. He said, who do you say is asking you to stay here? Can I have his name? Look, you cannot sit him here. He should be taken to the controller general's reception. They, Mr. Pastor Bakara is a VVIP. I heard that for the first time. <laughs> Eventually, on our way to the controller general's office, the, the engineer caught up with us. And he said, sir, there's a capturing place here that we have to do, go to the glass house first to retrieve your uh, name's name, number. Is it names or you know what I'm talking about? And then they moved me into a private reception so as to introduce me to the controller general. And the engineer said, sir, it is important you can come to his territory and not greet the controller general. I was looking at him. By this time, oh my, Efiko was going around, left, right, center. I just tried calm. None of them knew that I know the controller general. I didn't say a word about it. So eventually they led me to controller general's office and he says, ah, you want to introduce Pastor Bakari to me? He said, Baba, how many times have I gone to him? When we were going, the guys, you didn't tell me you know him. I said, why should I tell you? I came here for passport, not for controller general. So the controller general now gave me his PSO to follow me to Glass House to retrieve my nemesis number. I sat down there. I did not say a word, but I was getting a message for Sunday. The PSO stood with me. They put in a lot of labor. One computer was slow. They called the, the room, the central room, to retrieve it. They got the number. Then they said, I should be captured. <laughs> Captivity. <laughs> so I was captured. No. In Britain, they've told you the specification of the photograph. We are to take it and to put it in the envelope and send it to them. And nobody captured me. But you have to be captured. So I was captured. <laughs> By the time they finished, they said, now you can go to your hotel. We'll bring your passport to you. I am so grateful. And God says my heart. To the controller general for his generous spirit. To all those who assisted me. And, but how many Nigerians get that treatment? 
That is the difference between institution building and strong men. By the time you build an institution, anybody in the comfort of his home can apply for Nigerian passport without having to know the controller general, without having to know the PSO, without having to know an engineer there is a difference between institution building and relying on long legs and strong men. In my lifetime, Nigeria will walk. Our brother, the governor of Central Bank, was with my house last night. And I told him, I said, you write a letter to any ministry. Don't put Central Bank on it. Don't put Godwin MFL on it. Write a letter to any ministry. Ask any of your officers to make an inquiry for you. If you get any response without going there, we'll give you 100 naira. Because that's all I have. It won't happen. You have to go physically because the system is built around persons. It's not an institution discharging service to the people regardless of status. I know you don't like what I preach. I don't like you either. You understand me? I will keep on telling you the truth that this nation is not working as at now. Yes, we must have a nation that works. Yes, Let us apply this principle to the church. The senior pastor is the only one who writes letters, who replies letters, is the only one who's in charge of accounts. Nobody knows anything about that institute other than him. You understand me? Is the numero you know, alpha and omega of the ministry. Even small things about whether a unit is a department, they will have to refer to him. Can a unit stand on its own? Or is it equal to a department? And we'll have to wait for the strong man to talk. Do you understand me? That's not institution. Nobody can decide anything. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you have embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.